The expats wouldn't be possible without the help of so many people who've been referring guests to the show. To everyone who's been in touch about someone you know living in a far-flung place or even somewhere close to Canada, thank you. Keep those guests coming, and we can keep making a show that everyone can enjoy. One of the benefits of being a guest on the show is that I'll send you a limited edition, personalized expats postcard signed by yours truly. And hey, you can also get one of those postcards even if you aren't a guest of the show. Send your mailing address to info at expatspodcast.ca and you'll get something delightful to stick to your fridge or share on social media. It's our way of saying thanks for listening. So thanks for listening. And now, on with the show. These days when people think of the state of Georgia, the first thing that comes to mind is probably something like Atlanta, Coca-Cola, or even The Walking Dead. You might even think of the game show Family Feud, which is also filmed in the Peach State. But in this episode, we're going to talk about a university town 72 miles east of Atlanta, the consolidated city-county of Athens, Georgia. Home of the University of Georgia, Athens' pop culture claims to fame include the fact that part of the movie Road Trip was filmed on the campus there. Athens is also home to numerous indie rock bands, including Of Montreal, The B-52s, Neutral Milk Hotel, and of course, R.E.M. In the last census, Athens had a population of 115,452. It's the sixth largest city in Georgia. And it's where we find this week's expat, almost 4,000 kilometers from his last home in Canada to the banks of the Oconee River right here on the expats. Welcome to the Expats. I'm your host, Adam Rosenhart, based out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Canadian musician Doug Hoyer left his home and life in Edmonton to move to Athens, Georgia, so his wife Maureen could continue her advanced studies in urban wildlife. And though Athens isn't a massive change from Doug's humble St. Albert, Alberta origins, it's definitely a change. I, I grew up uh, in St. Albert, uh, so I, I've lived here for the bulk of my life. Um, um, I was born in Prince George and then moved around a bit when I was a kid. But we moved to St. Albert when I was six years old, and, uh, and I'm 30 now. Um, yeah, so, yeah, most of my life in, in St. Albert. And my wife, she moved to Edmonton to, uh, to work on her master's. Uh, she moved in at Edmonton in 2010. Oh, okay. She, and she's originally from the East Coast. Uh, she's from Prince Edward Island, and she did her undergrad in, at uh, Dalhousie in, in Halifax. Right. So, yeah, so so how did you guys meet then if she came here in 2010? We met at um, a Tyler Butler, John Common album release show at The Hideaway, which was a venue, an all-ages space that was uh, part of the Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, they were having, my friends were having an album release, a dual album release, and um, Maureen was friends with uh, a guy named Adam Simbrowski, who, has, who uh, was a DJ on CJSR. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we were just introduced through them at the show and, uh, she played trombone. 
So that was the main catalyst for our, our conversations is that uh, I was interested in having a trombone player join the band. Cool. And yeah, so yeah, our first few hangouts were just us rehearsing. And then um, on one reading week, I was going to San Francisco for the week and she ended up giving me a lift to the airport. Um, or no, or we had hung out the night earlier that night at a party. That's what it was. Um, but then uh, she texted me that night and she said, hey, when you get back from San Francisco, we should go on a date. Yeah, shit. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, what what is it exactly that brought you guys to to Georgia? Uh, my wife got a postdoc position at the University of Georgia down here in Athens. Um, so it's uh, it's in within the Warnell department, and I want to say of ecology, but I feel like I'm technically wrong. Like, because I, I think there's an ecology department, and they're sort of in like a sub department or something. So. Uh, I keep mixing it up, and here I am going to be on a podcast mixing it up. But, uh, but yeah. So she's right now she studies uh, urban ibises, okay, and uh, which are sort of like a small stork-like bird. And her field uh, season is in Florida, and basically uh, they're a bird that are going endangered, yet they're also moving into urban centers in Florida. Wow, away from their natural uh, habitat, more so. Or you, well, I mean, I'm not the scientist, so I'm probably getting this all wrong, but like, they're basically looking at, um, there are some that, that are using, you know, natural habitat and some that are using, uh, urban habitat. And that, that's sort of her focus is, is, uh, urban wildlife. And, and presumably there aren't very many places that you can study this in a postdoc fashion. Yeah, I, I guess not. I don't know. Yeah. That, that, I don't know how many the number, the number game on that stuff, but the position was available and, and she, she focuses on urban wildlife in Edmonton. She worked on, um, uh, the Edmonton urban coyote project. And so she studies, uh, she studied urban coyotes and, uh, so she'd be, <laughs> she, yeah, so she's the expert on, on, on urban coyotes, uh, and still gets to do press stuff anytime there's some sort of, you know, coyote issue in the news or something. Odds are she's being referenced in there somehow, which is pretty funny sometimes. Like um, I'll have just on the on back to the CJSR thing for your, your listeners. I had a show there every Friday morning for, for two hours. But anytime that my wife Maureen was on CBC for like two minutes talking about coyotes, I'd get like like half of my family texting me, like you know, distant <laughs> relatives. Uh, Friends, you know, like, wow, I heard Maureen on the radio today. I'm like, I'm on the radio every week for two hours. <laughs> so, yeah, I always thought that was pretty funny. So, the decision to move to Georgia, obviously, like, she had to go there for uh, her postdoc, but was that a difficult conversation for the two of you to have to, to decide to leave Edmonton? No, we, because we've been talking about it for quite a while. The idea of like, um, just that her work would likely take us to somewhere else, at least for, for a chunk of our lives. Um, I mean, unless she ended up getting a position in Edmonton, which she thought it would be, it would be more likely that she'd have to get some experience under her belt anyways, somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So for a while, there was a lot of talk about Chicago. Um, there's a, a, a lot of, there's a big coyote Institute there. And, um, so she'd been uh, talking to them a lot and we were in Europe for a while. And, and, um, in Berlin, it sounded like that was a possibility for a while for some stuff. But then, uh, a while ago, she she said, "Hey, there's this position available in the states, but I don't know. It's in Georgia. I don't really. I don't know. That's like in the south. I don't. What, what do you think, Doug? Do you, what do you think?" And I said, "Well, if it's Athens, Georgia, let's go for it." 
she said, yeah, it is like not knowing anything about Athens uh, at all. And I only knew Athens because it has such a strong history of um, uh, indie rock, I okay. guess you want to say, in, ter in terms of like places that have indie rock history, which is a, arguably a newer thing. It's, it's like right up there. So Athens is the home of the B-52s. Uh, it's the home of REM. It's the home of, of Montreal and um, Vic Chestnut, who's a popular song, not a popular, but it was a, an interesting songwriter. And uh, there's a whole Elephant Six record collective label that was based here. There's a lot of like really interesting people and bands that came out of here throughout the 70s to 90s and 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 still today. Um, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's like a it's an interesting place to be. So the, I was on board from about Athens from day one. Um, and uh, if it was somewhere else, I might have not have been so uh, so excited. Now, obviously, like you, uh, for our listeners who don't know, uh, Doug's a musician. Um, yeah, and this is exciting for you. But you're also kind of uh, the trailing spouse, right? Like you can't necessarily get a get a full time job down there or a part time job. I don't know what the rules are. Um, so, so what is that like? And what are you spending your days doing? Uh, it's interesting you say that because literally a week ago. Um, I got my work permit. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is good. It's, uh, so I had this thing called the J J two visa, which, yeah, let me be that trailing spouse that you mentioned. So I could, it allowed me to be here, but not work. Um, which, uh, which was, which was hard. I mean, luckily I only had that for four months. Um, but it was, um, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to explain. I found it pretty hard at times. Um, but also because I'm a musician and I enjoy writing music and, and working on projects independently, um, I, f I feel like I'm luckier than some in that I have that, whether you want to call it a hobby or interest or I don't know if it makes enough money to call it a job, really, but, <laughs> but I definitely like was able to, to find uh, myself busy. Uh, but it was still difficult, um, in terms of just like, uh, going out and having a, a reason to, talk to people. It's like I had to be extra open to any catalyst for conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah which is like a funny thing to, to be aware of, I guess. Are you, do you, uh, or, do you consider yourself to be more of an extrovert or more of an introvert? I would say I'm, I'm more of an extrovert. So, I think. so not that bad for you. Not that bad, but it's, it is, yeah, you're right. It's not that bad, but it is like a funny thing where, um, uh, it's just, I'm very actively aware of like, these subtle cues that I never thought of before of basically like someone's subtly saying something like you can talk to me in a way where it's, um, I'm trying to think of some examples. Like, I don't know, you're at the grocery store and the person next to you just comments on, you know, the price of the, the kidney beans or something that like those like little like moments. It's like, it's like a catalyst. It's like this notion of like, if you want to pursue a, a minute long conversation, you're welcome to, and when you're not talking to people all day, you take those up. So, um, yeah, talk about the weather, <laughs> what the weather used to be like. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, you but, know, but it's, but sorry, just to, to go back, I did find it a bit hard. Um, the first month, especially because, um, so we, I'll, I'll give you the whole story. We drove down at the end of August over five days with, in our car with a trailer down here. And, um, I was here for three days with Maureen and then I flew back to Edmonton because I had previously booked a tour for my album release that was in Western Canada and I had a whole bunch of gigs lined up. 
so I went home and and did those and so I was home and I stayed with my parents for about a month and or in between the tour dates and running around and stuff and so Maureen was settling in here uh, at work so that was a month apart and then I fly down to Georgia and we're together for about a week and then she has to go do her field work in Florida for a month oh man so it, it, I mean uh, I'm not trying to say that she got it off easy but um at least, you know, when she was here by herself, she was diving into a new job, meeting people, that kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas I, when my first month here, it's like by myself and I have no, um, there was no reason to, there's no school or job or anything to, to go to. So, I mean, I was going out to, to a lot of music shows, a lot of concerts, since that's something I enjoy and I wanted to meet more people in the scene and stuff like that. So, I mean... I knew there was outlets that I could go to and stuff. So it was, it was, it was okay. It was just a little bit hard, but, uh, it's also like one of those things where I realized that this situation is not bad at all. Like, um, you know, I compare myself, uh, thinking about my Oma, you know, and my Opa, how, when they immigrated to Canada, like not knowing the language, like all kinds of stuff. That's, and like, and yeah, and here I am. I'm in a country that I, I speak the language. I it, it's although there is some cultural differences in the south, it's not um, something I can't wrap my head around or something. Yeah. But there is something about that though that is interesting. Is that I think there's like a weird like mental like preparedness for when someone might be traveling abroad versus moving to a new place. Like, uh, like I've traveled in Europe a few fair amount of times and. Um, like I, I was thinking about how when my wife and I were in Prague, like you're expecting cultural differences and you're like, so you, you're just like open to them and just trying to figure it out. And it's exciting. Mm -hmm. Whereas like down here in the Southern United States, um, it's so similar that all of a sudden the differences become more jarring because you don't feel like you're in this like adventure or um, you're in some, you know, interesting foreign place. You're actually almost at home but then all these little things and it's hard to articulate what those are but they'll crop up and just be really jarring and annoying and things like that <laughs> <laughs> well yeah so i was going to ask because you were talking about you know waiting for those moments to have those conversations um what's tell me about southern hospitality are you experiencing like are georgians warm people are they are they inviting are they are they kind what what's it like there oh yeah everyone almost I would say like 80, 90% of the people that we've met are like, like extremely friendly, like not just like polite, um, but like actually friendly and, and we'll have a conversation with you or, or just cheerful, that kind of thing. Not everyone, you know, and not everyone should be or has to be, but, um, but it's definitely um, a difference from, from just being polite to being friendly. Okay. You know, but then also like, also, there's there is I guess it's maybe also that friendliness can blur then into casualness, uh, casual, um, yeah, to the to being very casual. So like sometimes you'll meet people that are just like like kind of like what do you want kind of kind of thing, <laughs> which is every once in a while kind of like what you know. Um, yeah, that would be jarring for sure. Yeah, but I mean it's not like a not like in a New York way where I don't know if you've been to New York, but you know when you go there and people are just sort of like what hey what, but it's it's not. Uh, it's like, it's, it's just like, you know, a matter of fact kind of thing there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's dispense with the pleasantries, but I'm still pleasant. Yeah. So, so again, that's sort of, it's a little jarring when you, when you run to people like that, when like, 
like I said, 80 or 90% of the people are like, you know, how are you doing pumpkin? Like, (laughs) so, so you get a lot of pet names down there. Yeah. Well, actually, sorry. I I guess my wife does way more than I do, Uh, (laughs) but, uh, but I definitely get a couple here and there. Yeah. What was it? I was, I remember I was coming out of, um, like a, a park, oh, a parkade, but they don't call them parkades. It's a parking lot, uh, or a parking deck. Oh, really? Uh, I remember, yeah, which is a funny thing. You don't, one of those things you don't think of. I remember asking someone in this building, oh, do you know where the parkade is? And they're like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, and it, eventually I found out that parkade isn't a, a word down here. Anyways, uh, I remember I was, I was coming out and I had to pay the toll. And, and the woman at the, at the toll booth just ends up talking about my shirt for like three or four minutes. <laughs> we were just talking about my shirt. It was um, an interesting pattern. She said, I would just love to have that pattern to, to sew up and make into a, like a, a cover for a pillow or something, blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, again, I'm not really talking to anyone. So sure. Okay. Like, <laughs> uh, it's funny. Like, I don't, I don't feel like that happens as often. Yeah. Back home in Canada. But then again, I'm also in a situation where I'm just, um, I feel like my senses are heightened for all that stuff. So then I could just be like holding on to every single conversation in a way that I wouldn't have before. So I, it's hard to tell. Yeah, uh, with that hospitality and stuff. But yeah, people seem really friendly here. It's also pretty transient with like um, the university itself is about, uh, I think it's physically something like an eighth or a sixth of the city. Wow. Like it's, it's, it's huge. It's a, both a huge campus and a small city. You yeah. Know? So um, Georgia is actually like the first state university or sorry, University of Georgia is the first state um, university. So it's, it's like, I think a hundred years older than the U of A. No kidding. Yeah. So there must be some Which, pretty, I mean, it, some pretty yeah, impressive buildings on the campus and such. Yeah. Some, some older ones. And then there's the classic, like, you know, 60s stuff. And then you get that weird, like kind of late seventies, eighties sort of boringness, <laughs> whatever, but yeah, but it, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, sorry, my point being that yeah, it's also pretty transient because of both the student population and just the culture of academia. Mm-hmm. But also, um, I think because of the music hub, because I've, I've met a lot of academics that are from all over the country and are all over the world. And then also meeting a lot of musicians that are from uh, mostly nearby states, but a lot of other areas in the south where they'll move to Athens because it's more affordable and... Um, and because it's sort of a, a music hub in, in a lot of respects. Yeah. So like, um, there's a few people I've met from New York that are here sort of temporarily. They're saying, um, a few people I've met, uh, they're like, yeah, I just can't afford to live in New York right now. I'm in between tours and I thought, you know, I like Athens. I'm just going to hang out there for a few months, that kind of stuff too. So it's kind of interesting that way. Cool. Well, tell me about the food there because you always hear about Southern cooking and, uh, oh. and it makes my mouth water. So is your mouth always watering? <laughs> Uh, kind of. So the funny thing is I used to work, uh, in Edmonton, I worked at a restaurant called meat and that was, um, I would say arguably one of the premier smokehouses in Edmonton or, or definitely one of the better ones. Yeah. And, um, and so it was a a real pleasure working there. You got, I got to learn a bit about smoking. I wasn't in the kitchen, but you know, you kind of learn a bit offhand and, uh, and, um, just seeing the quality of the, of, of the meat and everything like that was, was pretty cool. And then when I found out that I was moving to Georgia, you know, I was like, wow, like I already got my foot in the door of, of knowing, uh, you know, a lot about the smoking and all that stuff. And, uh, 
Once we got down here, yeah, um, there's there's been a lot of good food. Mostly fried chicken is like the the big big thing like that I've seen everywhere. Mm. It's like really good fried chicken. Um, yeah, we've have a we have a couple of little local restaurants that we really enjoy. But the other funny thing is that um, we're now cutting meat out of our diets. <laughs> so oh really? Um, <laughs> so we yeah we're just kind of um, sh- shaking things up that way and. Uh, uh, Maureen and I both been vegetarian at some point in our lives beforehand, and we just kind of felt like we want to try doing that again. Um, so it's kind of funny being in the south of all places and now not uh, not eating meat. But I have some friends visiting soon, and they're saying, "I know you're not eating meat right now, but we are going to go get some barbecue when we visit." <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> of, like, course. of course, they have to. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah exactly. Yeah, so there's a lot of barbecue, but like I said, fried chicken is is everywhere. Um, and uh, collard greens, things like that. Like you, you notice some things in the produce aisle and at restaurants that are a bit different. Um, yeah, a lot of lot of uh, you know mac and cheese or casseroles and, and yeah collard greens, things like that. Yeah, right on. It's good though. It's all it's good. I don't think we've been to a single. Oh, a lot, there's. I know we're not like in. I know we're not necessarily near Mexico, but there is a lot more Mexican restaurants than than what I'm used to in Edmonton, and they're all great. Like so good. So. Yeah, I don't think I've had a bad meal down here, to be honest. That sounds amazing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are some of the things that you miss about uh, about Canada that you're finding are maybe difficult to come by down there? They just It's just not the way they do things. Uh, I know I talked about radio earlier, but I actually genuinely do miss the CBC. Really? Um, yeah. And my, I, you know, just uh, whether it be, you know, the Vinyl Cafe or, or just uh, the way the news flow works there and stuff i don't know i just i really enjoyed listening to the cbc programming so a lot so i I do miss that and i know i can listen online and sometimes i do um but i have found npr is pretty good too so that's fine but um i'm trying to think of some other things that i miss it's mostly just you know um people and uh you know um the regularity of life having a routine that you had before so it's some of it's not specifically canadian um although uh we did, uh, my, my Oma did send me some maple syrup recently, so that was nice. <laughs> you could probably um, sell that for a pretty good price down there too, hey? Yeah, I remember hearing a story about some sort of running of maple syrup across the border. There <laughs> yeah. was like some big scandal. Yeah, that was, I th- remember that a few years ago, but uh, don't you get yourself in any kind of trouble like that? No, though? no, of course not. No, no. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just a user. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a trafficker. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm trying to think. Um I don't know if there's so much stuff that I miss. I mean, to be totally frank, this winter has been so mild. Uh, it's I, I've really enjoyed that. Like I thought I would miss the winter, and in, maybe once in a while I did. Like it, it felt a little weird at Christmas not having any snow, but not so weird that I couldn't get over it. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, like I'm looking out my back backyard window right now, and it's green. Like there's a ravine behind our apartment here, and it's you know, it's not like lush, but there's there's still greenery out there, which is I, think, I don't know. There's a weird like psychology that it's like really uh, nice to just see life still existing, um, <laughs> but we don't get that nice crispness of the winter. And I, I guess maybe I miss that. That like I don't know. There's like a weird calming thing with the winter. I yeah, don't know. it's quieter. It's calmer. Yeah. Um, so you said that you know it's it's unlikely that you'll come back. Maybe maybe not to Edmonton, but uh, how long are you guys in Georgia for? And what do you think is coming next? Yeah. Um, it's funny you ask that. Uh, we've realized that a postdoc positions, that's like 
the number one question. Like almost as soon as my wife got the job, people were like, so what are you going to do after? It's like, oh man, <laughs> she just got this job. Um, it, oh, it's a two year contract. So, um, so yeah, we're here for another little over a year and a half left. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's hard to say. It's just it, th- these positions come and come up and disappear so quickly that it's uh, it it could literally be anywhere in the world. I think the way we view it. But um, I would be really down for something in maybe California or um, or some of the northern states, like like in something like in Chicago or or New York would be pretty cool. No kidding. The cool thing about my wife's my wife's work is that it is urban ecology or urban wildlife. So it's always going to be in a city like this is probably the smallest city that we'll that we'll live in and i i do as much as i enjoy um you know the wilderness and going camping and, and going out into the wild i also we're both city people so uh, so that's kind of nice to know that it's going to be you know not too remote uh wherever we end up going but i mean there's uh edmonton's definitely on our radar and we're checking out stuff back in canada a lot too oh you know what Back to your question about some differences. Yeah, is uh, I got uh, rear-ended. Um, my car got rear-ended uh, three weeks ago, and um, and it was just like that whole process was like it felt so different than how I would do things back home. I, th- I think like yeah. In what uh, way? What do you what do you think uh, was different? Well, just like the concerns about insurance and whose insurance is doing what. Like, I, and I and we have that in Canada. I know that, but. Um, for example, I just wanted to get like, just looked at, you know, because I, I was rear-ended. I, you never know if something got misaligned or whatever, right? So I just wanted to get looked at. And that was like a concern both like for like the insurance company and all this stuff. They're like, well, what, are you, what's wrong? Are you, I'm like, I'm not wrong. I just want to make sure everything's okay. And it was like this whole big ordeal. And then I wanted to just go to underneath urgent care instead of going to the emergency room because I could walk and everything. Yeah. Um, but because it's an automobile accident, I have to go to emergency and like all these weird things that I guess maybe, maybe they're not American specific, but it, I don't know. It just felt like everything was tied in with the insurance so much. And, uh, uh, just thinking about the healthcare stuff and everything. It's just like, man, I don't know, just to have, not have any concern, just to, to be able to go to a place and not really think about it is like, you know, um, a luck. It shouldn't be a luxury, but it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We are. And, we're very fortunate. Definitely, yeah, and I know that our system is not perfect either. Um, but uh, yeah, it, that was just something that you know really hit me that you know that people maybe wouldn't want to go to a doctor for fear of whatever. And if you're living paycheck to paycheck, like that's I can totally see that. Like that's that's an expense that that uh, that'd be hard sometimes. I think so. Yeah. That was that was definitely one thing that uh, hit me. But also, man. The drivers down here are crazy. People complain about Edmonton and like driving in Edmonton and Toronto and stuff. But down here, I like people do not signal most of the time, <laughs> like at all. Like, and I'm not, I'm not just saying like, you know, you're picking out a person here or there. Like that's like the, just the general way of doing things. Oh, and there's like so few sidewalks, so few, um, like, uh, lights, um, mm-hmm. like lamps, like uh, lampposts it, like at five thirty, it's just like, so much of the city is just completely eerily dark. And, uh, and like I said, sidewalks disappear. There isn't many places to, to, uh, to walk around, even though I thought it would be a little more walkable. And honestly, like living in Strathcona and Edmonton, I found much more bikeable and walkable than, than living in Athens. Weird. Which is weird. Yeah. 
And yeah. uh, from what I've gathered, a lot of people say that the South is is um, extremely spread out, the sprawlingness. Like Atlanta it's, it's itself, like I've gone into Atlanta a bit, and it's like so huge. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Expats. If there are any expats you think I should be speaking with, have them email me at info at expatspodcast.ca or send me an email yourself. And let's keep building this global network of Canadians living abroad. I've been your host, Adam Rosenhart. If you haven't already, please give The Expats a rating and review on both the iTunes Store and Stitcher Radio. You can follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Just search for Expats Podcast on both platforms. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch up again in a couple of weeks.